The first step, Gina, I believe is the awareness, really. And right now having this conversation is awareness. And I always just say, it's a big term in the medical field, is prevention is better than cure. Mm-hmm. So if you're on top of these things first, then it's so much better <laughs> than it is if you're unwinding things. Welcome, welcome to P.S. I Love Me, the podcast. I am your host, Gina Swire, international self-love expert, coach, author, and manifesting queen. And I am on a mission to help a billion women fall madly in love with themselves and get everything they want in their life. And that, my friend, includes you. This podcast is for down-to-earth women who love spirituality, manifesting, and laughing at life's challenges. And remember, with self-love, anything is possible. Today on PS I Love Me podcast, I am interviewing James Carson. I'm so excited. Instagram algorithms kindly connected us through the powers that be. Through my witchy powers of manifestation, we have been connected. And as soon as I saw James doing his thing on his reels, I was like, this guy is special in this world and deserves a spot on PS I Love Me and much more. So welcome, James. What a lovely introduction. Gina, thank you very much. I'm very honoured and grateful to be on your beautiful podcast. Mm, Yeah, so this podcast is is kind of like... um, having a bit of fun with, you know, the journey and the spirituality and all all the lessons. And I love laughing at life's lessons and feeling Mm -hmm. the depth of them. And just really like what I see in you is that you have this unique pairing of humor and depth. And that's exactly what the podcast is about. So yeah. Yay. Perfect. Sounds great. <laughs> so do you do you want to start by telling our lovely people who you are, what you do, how did you get here, what planet did you drop from? Mm, crikey. So it was Mars and it was 6,000 BC. I'm just kidding. Um, so me, so who am I? That's a hell of a question. So I grew up in country western Queensland and to on a farming station of um, cattle, sheep, different types of crops, about 45,000 acres. Grew up out Western Queensland, was fortunate enough to go off to boarding school on the Gold Coast, Queensland here in Australia, which was um, big into my sport, big into my rugby, rowing, all sorts of different things like that. From that, as soon as I left school, uh, the direction that I was heading in life, there was none. I basically lost a huge part of which way I was going. It was left, up and down, left, right and centre. Straight after school, I blew out to 140 kilos. I'm not sure what that conversion is in stone, but um, I'm 99 right now to the conversion right now. That was through a combination of abusing fast food, copious amounts of alcohol, recreational drugs, things like that. I got in a very bad way. Through different things happening there, that went on for a couple of years where I lost direction and I was in a rough place. And then there were certain pivotal points that knocked me around and rung a very loud bell where I knew I had to pull my head in and better myself. The main one being, and I'll keep this as concise as I can, I used steroids many years ago back in 2012 and developed a condition from those steroids where I had to get surgery from that condition 
And I went through a 16-week recovery period where I basically couldn't run, couldn't do anything, had to keep it all to myself because it was a secret that I kept from my family, my best mates, everyone, because I was so ashamed of what happened. On the tail end of that, Gina, I dove into meditation, into gratitude and all these things that helped me because I was in a mentally a very depressed, bad way. And from that, recovering from there, I've utilized those tools to continuously better myself. And I've always been on a journey to better myself every day, but also empower others to do the same. Hopefully that answers the question. Wow. Yeah. Very concise. Very concise. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely resonate to a lot of those things of, you know, getting to a point and then using all the things to try and escape um, Mm. or or numb. Do you know what, what what were you escaping or what were you numbing? At school when I was growing up, I honestly don't know. I don't know. I believe during school we developed a very poor relationship with food that I've been unwinding for many years. During boarding school, we always had competitions of how much we could eat, basically. And I suppose we were training, we were doing exercise, rugby, everything like that. So we were burning off a lot of it. So all the food remained after school, but all the sports stopped. I was still going to the gym and everything like that, but we definitely weren't doing any, like expending as much energy. Mm. And then I actually don't really know. I haven't really looked into it. I think I was just without direction, too much freedom, not sure what was going on, following a bit of a bad not a bad crowd, but just a not the most driven people that led me down that path. But I take full ownership of everything up until this day, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. So your food kind of relationship was about trying to eat as much as possible, competitions and that, whereas for me it was all about um, you know, starving ourselves. <laughs> and mm. I came through like the modeling side of it so it was all you know how thin can you be how this can you be how much like weight can you lose and yeah so it's interesting to hear a different mm-hmm. side and equally as damaging I guess yeah in their own in their own way absolutely mm-hmm. okay so now you help people to overcome some of this stuff themselves so what what are the main threads that you see the main threads that I see. So primarily I work in holistic health and wellness and lifestyle coaching with people. And that can range from anything from optimizing sleep to increasing energy levels, losing weight, increasing strength, whatever it might be. But the main thing, the main pattern that I see Gina is the having a balance of actually incorporating wellness and fitness into their life of both yin and yang modalities and truly taking ownership of that and not feeling guilty of that and also really utilizing those tools to up-level all other areas of life because that's what it does at the end of the day. But a lot of people find, and I work with a lot of a lot of women and a lot of mothers, they find that it is something selfish or they're a second thought, especially when it comes to babies and children. So it's really unwinding those thoughts and empowering them to be their best self through holistic health or whatever the modality is. Mm. Yeah, this is a big one that I see as well. I bet we have so many parallels in our work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because obviously self-love back in the day was just selfish and not really high priority. And um, yeah, so many, so many mums in my groups are just like, ah, you know, I just put everyone first before me. I, I happily spend money on my children or my husband or even my friends or my dog. But when it comes to myself and especially on my self-improvement, like that's like way down the list. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I saw it all 
all the time um, in to the point where, I don't know, mo- like mothers would get really ill. And then at the end of the day, they're like, oh my goodness, I can't even look after the kids. Cause I'm, it's like this, like this cycle where like they don't work on themselves and they get really sick and they can't look after the kids. And it's all this thing. And they feel guilty about that. And then like, if we can break that pattern where they're like, if they do utilize this time then they're even better for the kids or for the husband or for the partner, whoever it is. So you've worked with it. So have I, so I feel like we're on a path to slowly changing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no greater, there's no, greater what, what's the word um there's nothing I prefer more than when someone's husband gets on the zoom and they're like I just want to say thank you so much for bringing my wife back I'm so happy <laughs> like whatever you did whatever this witchy shit is I'm so happy <laughs> witchy shit <laughs> true yeah, witchy shit. It, it, yeah it, it is it is great when when people are very in a wonderful space and you hear the feedback from family and friends it is quite a beautiful thing yeah so um, I guess I do witchy shit. You do like more scientific, nutrition-based shifts. Somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with my magic wand doing spells on people and stuff. No, I, I also do the other things. Okay, great. Same, same. We're different, you know. Same, mm, same. Mm-hmm. Similar. Yep. Um, so you talk about um, yin and yang, and mm. what what do you mean by that? So for me, it's just the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to wellness. And I just use it as an example for everyone because there's two parts to wellness: is obviously energy expenditure and energy cultivation. So when it comes to yin, it comes to working inwards, looking inwards, whether that's through meditative practice, whether that's through Tai Chi, Qigong or yoga or things that you do that actually help or eating lovely food, getting plenty of rest, eating, excuse me, drinking plenty of water, thinking positive thoughts, saying positive words and casting spells. And then there's the yang, which is the energy expenditure where it's like, you know, working out, where it's um, running, swimming, whatever it might be. It might be being creative, uh, that's painting or writing or whatever that might look like. So it's just those both sides, making sure there's a beautiful balance between the two, not a huge amount of yang and over overpowering the yin and not just all yin and not much yang because that's when there's too much energy bouncing around in the body that comes out in different ways, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and sometimes I do see people that are, all the way over one way or all the way over the other way. And yeah, it's, yeah, we need that pendulum swinging and mm-hmm. meeting in the middle somewhere. So with, I actually interviewed a lady, um, not sure exactly what, how the podcasts are coming out, but a podcast or two ago. And um, she was talking about um, any kind of dieting being like pulling a bow back an event or any kind of restriction, any kind of diet, any kind of like, um, you know, anything that's not like coming from the soul mm. as bringing this bow back and eventually it's going to kind of spring forward. And that's where this like restriction binge thing can come in. So this is something I've been really pondering as someone who lives a healthy lifestyle. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I've gone a bit more over this way and I want to bring it back a bit this way. Um, but yeah, I don't want to end up being restrictive and then that bow flying off in some crazy direction. So how do you 
How do you get around that with your yourself or your clients? Did I explain that well? You explained it very well, Gina. No, that's such a great point and something that I do touch on quite a bit. First of all, I never address or talk about anything that is a diet using those words because typically a diet that has the mindset of it is something external that we are following that is outside to us or outside to our soul, as you would say. So I am following this system that I've been told to do that's outside of what I normally do. So it's not really a part of me, but I'm told or that I think that I should do it, meaning that it won't 100% stick. So the main thing that I work with with people is creating a part of a lifestyle and the way of eating or drinking or being that is part of who they are and a part of their identity. They're not like, oh, I'm doing this because my coach told me to, or I'm doing this because it's the right program, or I'm eating this because this is what I do and who I am. And the way that we do that, we would not take some person from eating a standard diet, like a standard typical diet to this perfect paleo, vegan, whatever it is, so different from each other that they're easily going to snap back like that analogy that you use with the boat. But if you do these little progressive changes, like first, let's add things. Let's add making sure you drink enough water. And then let's reduce a little bit of this and add a little bit of that. Then a progressive overload change over a period of time, it's much more sustainable over the long run. Not always sexy for people because they want fast results right away. But if they want long-term change, that is the way that I go about it. And that is the way that I recommend people can start anyway. Mm, yeah. Makes sense? Totes. Totally. Yeah. I also came at this, like how I got into coaching was through being a health coach. So yeah, I love talking about health. I love talking about nutrition and wellness and I don't actually talk about it as much in my work now, but I love talking about it because it's the base, it's the basis. Like if our vessel is, you know, not at optimal, neither are our thoughts, neither is our output, neither is our creations. Like it's, it's just impossible to live that full-on life if you have a vessel that's kind of jammed up with crud, so to speak. <laughs> crud. Exactly what a lovely right. phrase. It's exactly right. You <laughs> never count, you know, you never count $100 bills on your deathbed. Like you cannot celebrate life and wealth without your health first. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, You'd see it in your world with very high-performing people who probably aren't in the health space, but they're in the other space, maybe tech space or whatever it is. Um, I used to work a lot with healthcare workers and nurses and doctors, and they're just like their lifestyle is rough as it is what they have to deal with, mm. but um, their health deteriorates as a result. And um, it's really not until either yourself or myself you have a health crisis or a moment or the pain teacher comes to say good day do you go, wow, okay, I have to make some changes. The pain teacher comes to say good day. Love that. Phrase of the day. <laughs> Phrase of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, the pain teacher. So what did you have like a snap that woke you up? Mm. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, I had a, well, I had two, oh, when I say two, I had a couple. So the first one that I'll worth mentioning is being really overweight at that time. I was so lonely and alone. I was out of a relationship. Like I barely had, like I had girlfriends at school, but like was out of a relationship for so long and Mm. then lacked confidence, lacked any shred of self-worth at that time. Then the one girl in a very long time took an interest in me. I was like, oh my goodness, there's hope for me yet. And then through dishonesty and unfortunate infidelity at that time, that, that finished. And then I completely took it upon myself to lose weight, to better myself, to become attractive and really improve my life. So that was the first one. And then I did and started working really well. I started figuring out getting results, which was great. And then I took the steroids 
And then I got gynecomastia. And then I didn't know if that was cancer or not. And then I felt so guilty for taking up a hospital bed for someone else, for something that I did. And then, you know, just that shame of going through that surgery, being absolutely terrified of surgery, being not sure if I could afford it, not sure what my family going to think, not sure what the results are going to come back from the tissue, whether there was anything that was bad in there. And then going through that 16 weeks again, again, alone and lonely because I couldn't talk to anyone about it. Mm. And then I was just like, I have to, you know, in my mind, you know, I just said, if I can't work on myself physically, I'll work on myself mentally. So I just said, I'll utilize this discomfort to better myself if I can. Luckily I could. Yeah. Wow. So you really went, you went in deep basically mm. into the dark. Yeah. And it takes that. It's like the universe gives us like a couple of little cosmic flicks in the bindi and they're like, yeah, wakey, wakey. And then it's like a whack around yeah. the face until it's like flawed and you're like, okay, I'm listening. Or we can just listen straight away, which is what we probably both do now. Mm. Listening, right. time, listening every day, creating space to listen. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're not creating space to listen, what should they do? Not creating space to listen. I think the first step, Gina, I believe, is the awareness, really. And right now having this conversation is awareness. And I always just say it's a big term in the medical field is prevention is better than cure. Mm -hmm. So if you're on top of these things first, then it's so much better <laughs> than it is if you're unwinding things. You know, you know, people would say that healthy food is expensive, getting a coast is expensive, all these things are expensive. I said, tell you what is more expensive is getting sick is getting hurt mm. and not just financially, but you and your family. So if we can convey that message and have the awareness, I think that's, that's half the battle for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. Well, last year, well, personally in my life, I've, I had like a big wake up when my dad died and I was with him and it, like his, his final words to me were, you know, don't do what I did don't work till you're 54, be really busy, not present with the family, um, you know, trying, trying, trying to always get somewhere to then die right before you retire. And not that he didn't have an amazing life like he did, but yeah, just go live your life right now. Go do everything. Say yes, go do it now. Don't wait. And I took it really, really literally. And I've been doing that ever since. And so that was a big wake up call for me to get on this path. So last year, um, due to the dreaded C-bomb, had this like horrific time, um, got COVID, but like really bad. And basically then recovered from that and then completely lost my mind for nine days, had this kind of like paranoia, um, anxiety attacks, couldn't even string a sentence together. And like, you know, like usually I'm so sharp. Well, I'll just blow my own trumpet. Usually I'm so sharp and witty and like amazing <laughs> and all these things. And then all of a sudden I was like a zombie and it was, it was kind of another wake up call of like, another way to be so grateful for all of these processes that our bodies do every day from my mind health. Like I've never had anything like that before. So I didn't even know 
how to be fully grateful for my mind and my brain and my sharpness and, you know, my brain health. I was like, wow, that was a big one. Mm. And how, Gina, how did you get through all of that? What tools did you utilize? What was your mindset thinking at that time? Yeah, I used absolutely every, every tool in the book, to be honest. Like I've been in this practice for years and years and years, like dedicated yogi for over 10 years, doing all the meditation and all the health food stuff, all the Joe Dispenza meditations, all the affirmations, like literally recording things to listen to, having all my friends, like doing vision stories to me. I just literally did everything. Well, at first I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even remember what hope was or trust. But then once it came back, then, you know, I started to use everything. It took me three months, but I was like, also, I wasn't available for it to take. I wasn't available for any lasting effects or anything taking a long, long time. I was like, this is quantum. I'm going quantum baby (laughs) with this. And I did. But yeah, it was, it was super scary. Wow. Thank you for sharing. That sounds super powerful experience to go through. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, and yeah, so you, you really went in there too. And I guess, did you just kind of attract these processes or do you feel like you downloaded them from something greater than you? Or did you read them in a book? How did you learn these ways that you are basically now? Well, it's been over 10 years of work because everything started in 2011 and we're we're over 2022 now. So it's been through many different modalities and insights. So the first one came when I was sitting at the end of my bed, really depressed, really down after the surgery and just had the thought, I don't know if that was a message or not, but I didn't, wasn't aware of like thoughts and energies and different things like that at the time, no way. But I was just like, work on yourself mentally. I'm like, right, okay, I'll give this a go. Started listening to podcasts with different things of bettering yourself and, you know, journaling, gratitude, meditation, all these things, and it worked really well. And then it's just evolved over there. I've learned to just become obsessed with digesting information, podcasts, books, all sorts of different things. And I took it up and level where I was going to, seminars tony robbins and i was going to breathwork holotropic breathwork retreats in in bali and plant medicine journeys with ayahuasca and then psilocybin and all these different things just to open myself up so it's been a process over a period of time um so i feel like i get more and more deeper connection to self and more and more insights of things that i should do as time progresses but in the beginning the voice the message was very dull but it's become louder and louder basically Mm. oh so you went to bali Mm -hmm. i did i did i did um i did a i did one breathwork session i did a holotropic breathwork session with two incredible facilitators lucas mack and hella weston of awakened breathwork here on the gold coast that was the first time i've ever just been blown away and had a non-ordinary states of consciousness experience and i was like wow and i was crying my eyes out i had rancid tetany i was just in shock i was just like whoa but i felt half cooked like i felt like there was more work to be done i saw a poster at the workshop saying we're doing a seven-day retreat in bali come along i said i'm doing that 
<laughs> then did breathwork every day over in Bali and just cracked my heart open, unwound things from childhood, unwound things with parents, unwound things with probably past lives, all sorts of different things. And it was incredible. And just utilize those tools up until this day, basically, those gifts. Wow. Love that. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I is is Lucas that guy with a lot of tattoos? That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen I've I know him from Bali. Um yeah. amazing, amazing. Yeah, breath work is just so powerful and potent. And um, you know, a lot of a lot of people listening to this have heard all the stories of plant medicine and things mm. that I've been talking about. And breath work is such an amazing place to start because it's it's kind of the same thing without ingesting anything, just breath. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's it is a great place to start, Gina. It's a very good point because um you can utilize it yourself. And there's this, you know, as you would know, there's this thing called unearned knowledge. So if someone goes and does a heroic dose of something and all they've done is meditated their whole life, that experience can be a lot for people to take in and to take on. And I feel like myself, when I did that breathwork journey, I was introduced to Lucas and Lucas introduced me to a source where I could do ayahuasca and so basically, progressively, all these things came in when I was ready. And I feel like it's the same thing for other people. I feel like a breathwork is a great place to start. Mm. So what are, you, what are you getting into now? What are your practices? What are you, what are you playing with? What are you expanding into? Mm. So I think every quarter I would either do some form of plant medicine, whether that might be ayahuasca or psilocybin for some degree, but at the moment, right now, I'm working on micro-dosing with psilocybin and San Pedro. And in July, I've got a week-long juice cleanse, sweat lodge, breathwork, colonic, lomi lomi, counselling <laughs> retreat that I'm attending as a, as a guest just to completely crack myself open and flush everything out. So I'm always looking at different things to sort of look deeper into self big time. So it's basically just I've got my everyday principles, but I also look to change myself every few months to every quarter. Mm, that's so interesting. So are you microdosing with Juma right now? Mm, yeah. It's, uh, I'm working with this beautiful brand called Embody Bee, and she puts little microdoses in honey, and then you can just have like a little spoonful. You can have it with your tea or whatever it is. And it's just a little marginal amount and it's very interesting to see how you feel and what thing is like. It's a very interesting experience. Yeah. So since Peru, um, I didn't even know what we were doing when we went to Peru. I knew it was going to be ayahuasca, but I didn't realize we were doing all these other plants as well. And one of them was San Pedro or Wachuma. And yeah, I just had such an amazing first meeting with that plant and mm. Yeah, that's when I had that really powerful father healing with this dad guy, Gary. And my dad was called Peter and it's called San Pedro as well, which was uh-huh. quite interesting. The first time yeah. having it. Um, yeah, it was just super special. And for me, it's it, it's kind of like I've been working with cacao for years and years and years. And um cacao's just like so heart opening so earthy so like feminine and yeah absolutely love that and then 
mushrooms or psilocybin absolutely love that are kind of like for me more masculine and more um you know can be shadowy and can be more intense so wachum is kind of for me somewhere in the middle and Mm. yeah it's it's really 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 beautiful and potent and I've been having a lot of amazing adventures let's just say yeah and dreams yeah Yeah. how much do your dreams just go it's incredible I know yeah what what have you been experiencing with it then my dreams have been I've been starting to journal them again because they have been so profound like they have been if I was to explain them to you, I'm sure you're the same. You'd just be like, what the hell? <laughs> but it's just interesting to notice the people that appear in the dreams, like either it's long childhood friends or it's girlfriends from ages ago or it's just someone that you had a brief moment of connection with, like why are they there? But then you experience different feelings, whether it's like there was one where I was like in an open ocean but I was had a boogie board, but the boogie board had no leg rope and I'd kept losing the board and I had to swim over to catch it. And it was quite scary. It was quite terrifying. I had to keep swimming to get to this board. Sounds simple, but just this random, random things. But I just feel there's obviously something within them that there's some message that I just am unable to decipher. What do you think? Mm, maybe is there something that is like, almost in your reach but you can't quite get it or you keep it keep letting it slip from your fingers maybe that's a great way to look at it maybe Mm. yeah yeah it's really it's really powerful I just I just knew the first time I had with tumor that it was going to be a big part of my life and yeah it it is basically (laughs) it's amazing yeah big fan I love I love that you're I love that you're uh on that vibe and obviously like I feel like also these sacred plants are connecting people and that are on this path yeah definitely one one thing I will probably say that's worth saying is um as well that I've met a lot of people who have done this plant medicine as well but also have become very attached to it and very reliant on it and they go from journey to journey to journey to journey without any implementation or without really looking into it it sounds a bit airy-fairy, but looking into themselves or seeking counselling or psychologists or whatever. So I'd always just like to preface that um, they aren't, like they are a, a helpful resource, but they aren't always the answer and they aren't always the answer that you should always go to, basically, because I've seen people become all consumed of them as probably have, you might have as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And even though personally, I don't know how something like ayahuasca can be addictive because to me it's like I don't even want to do it it like calls me in every now and again um yeah like it's definitely not recreational at all but some people yeah some people are in a really bad spot and they're they're using it to try and get out of it and personally like my rule with myself is if I'm in a bad spot, I'm not doing anything external. I'm going inwards and finding that within me because otherwise you do do become dependent on things. Mm. So just to remind you, we have quite a lot going on at 
team self-love this week we have um our body harmony course which if you've been listening to the other episodes body harmony is a five week course this is a self-study version previously it was done in a group coaching format it's been done many times tried, tried and tested It is a deep dive into our relationship with our body, with food, with ourself, with the way we see ourselves in the mirror. It's super potent and it is on a super duper special offer at the moment for just three, three, three. Um, And that is normally a thousand pounds. So if you are somebody who has struggled in that or would like to have a boost with that, it is lots of practical things that you can do to change your environment, to refresh your kitchen, to refresh your beliefs. And yeah, I just love this course so much. So definitely check that out. Secondly, we have a competition going on. So this competition is through our emails And you can win a self-love summer hamper. And inside of that, there is a bag of ceremonial grade cacao from our raw cacao brand. There is a rose quartz yoni egg. So you can start your self-pleasure, self-love practices. There is a signed copy of P.S. I Love Me signed by yours truly. And you can get that and uh, yeah it will be written to you or anyone you want to write it to if you've already got your copy and some other surprises in the self-love hamper so definitely get on that to enter the competition definitely check out the newsletter on Friday and we'll be announcing the week after as well And last but absolutely not least is just a little reminder that the next Infinite Self-Love Retreat, which is happening in Greece, is almost about to commence. And there is a few spots left for some lucky, lucky, lucky ladies to join us in Greece on the 17th to the 23rd of July. And so this retreat is so surrounded by magic. Like I probably couldn't be more excited about it if I tried. Yesterday I was making a mood board for it. And um, if you want to see that mood board, actually, I should, I'll pop that on my social media. And so this retreat is going to be diving into the depths of self-love. And we're also going to be massively moving into sacred sexuality and Um, you know, removing any body shame, criticism, the negative relationship that a lot of women have with their body into pleasure and, you know, loving ourselves and dressing sensually and all of these codes. So we're definitely going to be moving into that. And we're also going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is so fascinating to me, is all about self-love and money and wealth. So this year I have been studying so hard (laughs) in multiple different courses and containers. And I went on that retreat in Peru, which was all about releasing into abundance and all these new codes with earning more money, holding more money, when money comes in, not just it slipping through the fingers and like actually 
learning because it's not as simple as just make more money, have more money. There's so much that goes into it. And as we know, if we do make more money and there's more money in our accounts, sometimes we can sabotage that and all of a sudden we're back to our energetic minimum. So this retreat is going to be very much going into wealth creation, holding more and pleasure and money and self-love all are a very similar energy. So when we do expand our potential to hold self-love, which is everything that I do, we also expand the potential to hold pleasure because we're removing the blocks. And we also expand the potential to hold money. So it's all about holding more energy in our being. And this retreat is that that's what it's going to be focusing on, as well as being in the most gorgeous villa in Greece and with the most gorgeous ladies and having the private chef and swimming in the crystal blue water. Oh, my God. And um, yeah, we're going to be I'm not even going to tell you the full extent, but let me just say it is about to go off in Greece. (laughs) So if you're listening to this and your soul is like, me, 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 I really want to go. And maybe your head is like, no, we need to save. No, it'll be too stressful. No, we won't get the time off work. No, no, no. Then, you know, do have a listen to your soul because there will be a reason why your soul is screaming to you. And so going on a retreat is literally the best gift that I can give to any woman, honestly, and any woman can give to herself. And this is possibly because it's a massive reset. It takes you out of your comfort zone. It puts you um, you know, into new environments with new women and it takes you out of, you know, all your habits, all your friends, all your family, all your home and everything. So it gives you chance to get that reset and then stack that with all the workshops, with the incredible community that will be there, with all the magic that we're putting into it and magic commences. So I am so excited to see who you are. Oh, I'm just going to tune in right now and feel the souls of all the women. Maybe it's you. So exciting. I cannot wait to just be sat in that villa in Greece and everyone texting me saying, I'm nearly there. I'm so excited. I'm so glad I came. I'm so glad I said yes. Um, And I know that it's a big leap of faith. I know that it can be really scary. But honestly, as soon as you get there, all of the nerves, the fears, everything will completely dissipate. And what will be left in its place is pure evolution, a massive jump of timelines, a complete life hack into a new way of being, thinking, acting. And so last thing I'll say on this, this is not just a holiday. If you want to go on a retreat and do a casual bit of yoga and just hang out and it be very like that, that is not this retreat. This is work. This is, will also have some relaxing and yoga, but this is deep, deep soulful work and it's definitely an investment in your in yourself and it will have a return on your investment and that will be in multiple areas of your life so if that sounds like you 
definitely direct message me very, very quickly because this is the final call. Yay, and now on with the podcast. So last night, you may have seen that I asked my Instagram followers, I'm going to be interviewing the wonderful, delightful James Carson tomorrow. What would you like me to ask him? And most of those questions I cannot repeat because apparently my followers are very playful and very rude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, can we just have one? Just one. (laughs) one. Pretty much every question revolved around um, like sex, sexual positions, yeah like do you have a partner like they were all based around that which i get i guess figures fair enough look like i said i'm an open book but but yeah no that's fine whatever questions you want to use you go for it okay so um what's your journey with sexuality if i was to answer that question i would say I grew up in a house where sex was like completely not even mentioned it was like this taboo thing and then you know in my own journey I was kind of like always really shy and I never really you know I was always a bit arm's length with everything and then I dived into this kind of sacred sexuality path and started to understand myself and that sex isn't actually bad or wrong or something that should be completely you know that kind of thing right yeah okay now you know multi-orgasmic world traveler all the things very good so (laughs) my (laughs) very good that's great um good (laughs) so my upbringing was very much the same as you so we never had the birds and the bees talk at all we barely had it at school we had one i remember we had one session with a lady who came in who used to talk spoke a little bit about sex didn't speak about it in a good way spoke about it in a bit of like a, this is what you should be look out for rather than like this is what you can enjoy she had a little anonymous box where everyone put their little questions in that they didn't want to ask publicly so basically we had no birds and birds and bees talk we had no talk on masturbation or anything like that so that was something that we all figured out during school like this is oversharing too much, but like most of us had no idea how to masturbate for ages. And then we figured it out through porn. And then, then we're getting our ideas of how sex should be through porn, which is mm-hmm. way above what it normally is. And then we did eventually have sex. It was nowhere near what we thought it was going to be. And it was either the boys wouldn't, like we'd either not get erect or we'd, we'd blow too soon or whatever the issue, whatever the thing was. So it was many years of figuring that out. And I personally was very, sexually intimidated and sexually suppressed for a while until because I was very alone and lonely for ages and didn't really have much sexual contact and then was starting bettering myself and over the last few years I had an incredible sexually transformative experience uh, mushroom journey with a some people and that just unleashed me and there's been a few other different lessons along the way but now I'm all about celebrating sex and talking about intimacy and talking about erections and all this great stuff and not letting it shy away like it's a we shouldn't talk about it but it's a big part of who we are in life and my younger self would be so embarrassed and look like he was sunburnt for what i was saying right now but that's part of the journey that i've been on does that make sense absolutely yeah that's amazing and it's such a big part of health and wellness Mm -hmm. huge part absolutely 
Yeah. So, um, okay. So suppressed, had the birds and the bees chat at school. They probably told you that you're going to die of AIDS and, you know, get someone pregnant. That's, that's yeah. probably, that's what, that's what they told me. They were like, if you have sex, you're going to die of AIDS and get all these horrific diseases. And then you're going to get mm. pregnant and amount to nothing. And your parents are going to disown you. And it's like, wow. First, first, uh, first look at this sacred practice and boom, <laughs> I am flawed. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. Thinking about it, that's probably like such a huge reason. It's such I mean, I remember the policeman coming into school with a little hand puppet and a cigarette and this hand puppet smoked the cigarette and then he was addicted for the rest of his life and he got mm. cancer and died. And they told us that as kids and I took it really literally and literally never smoked a cigarette and it worked. <laughs> it worked and they kind of did the same thing with sex <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't want to be involved in this. I'm good. <laughs> Definitely. And yeah. there was, and it, it built a lot of shame, you know, it built a lot of shame around it. It built a lot of like, but it also went the other way with a few people where it looked like they went over the top and they wanted to discover all these things. And like they went, I'm not going to say too far, but they just went too deep too quickly at a very young age. Whatever the reason that would be, there could be other reasons as well. Yeah, but it, it's a pun. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those developmental years are massive, massive. And then you're seeing what porn's like and then you're looking at yourself and like, well, I'm not hung like men, dingo. There must be something wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did a whole episode about porn. And mm. although I, I believe that it's like a bigger problem for men, but it's also a lot of women that are comparing their bodies to that. And yeah, like, the, oh my gosh, the whole industry with that is so 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 scary to even think about and and ultimately even the like the actors in emerging commerce if they knew about self-love and especially the women if if they actually had been brought up in this like self-love world the world that we probably both want to live in then they probably wouldn't get into doing that and then the men's the kind of like aggression and the kind of weird dark side of it which the weird dark side of it it doesn't need to be shamed either but like the kind of aggression and using women and kind of just wanting to get what they want all of that comes from a lack of self-love in men as well mm. I think um in a sense yeah I, I agree where you're coming from for sure I think for some people like I don't know them personally but I know people who do a lot of sexual work in the area around here and um some of them do it in a very, so females do it in a very empowering way. Like it's like this is part of what they do, their identity. Some of the men do it in the way that they are really showing their sexual expression when they couldn't do that as much. And they also had a, one of these guys had a great message around changing the stigma around porn in a way and how it can be loving and it can be around connection. So, you know, if we throw a blanket on all of it, there's a lot of categories to cover, but there are some good areas as well. But I agree where you're coming from on those previous dominating, um, self-loving type of um, productions. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I like that stack. Because also, like, there doesn't need to be shame in having some sort of, um, I'm, I mean, 
you know, for years and years and years, films that have included sex scenes and this kind of thing have have kind of boosted up the ratings and, you know, get people a bit excited or give them a bit of a visual something. That part of it doesn't need to be shamed. You know, no. it's it's okay to have that, I think. Yeah. It's interesting, though, because I recommend it. Well, this is me personally, but I saw watching porn, God, over five, six years ago, something like that. I recommend just about anyone stop like, well, uh, it's up to them, but I would recommend everyone sort of stop. But I think you find that movies have made us or and porn has possibly made us more numb to it, meaning that back in the day, old school film, 30, 70s, 80s, 90s or whatever, then there's a little glimpse of a porn scene or something like that. It's very tasteful. It's very beautiful. It's very nice. But now Netflix and Game of Thrones and all these other movies where they're just banging the shit out of each other in a very revealing way it's like wow this is how you have to get people to watch it because it has to be so intense because people are so numb to just a <laughs> good old missionary it's now going to be hanging off the walls type of shit excuse my french but um yeah you know what i mean <laughs> banging the shit out of each other i love that that was such an aussie term i think <laughs> love it <laughs> Um, yeah, and also, like, I personally don't watch any TV at all or really any movies or anything. Like, I just, like, 10 years ago or something, I was like, this is drivel and mm. I have better things to do with my time. And anytime I'm, you know, just with someone and they're watching something or someone suggests a film or you know, occasionally when I come back to England and I'm sat with my mum and her partner after tea and they're watching some, like, BBC documentary, uh, not documentary, like, BBC series or something, and they put it on and I'm, I'm, like, triggered by how violent it is and how dark and the music, like, the terror that they build up. My nervous system's like, no. (laughs) I'm like, wow. And my mum and... Well, other loads of other people, not like slating my mum here, but they're just watching it and like my mum's knitting away and and I'm like, I'm not, I will not sleep after this and it will come up in my dreams. Like I'll have to process this in my subconscious. But I mm. feel like so many people are so numbed out to, yeah, sex, violence, stuff. Yeah. I just see it as like, it is so intense. And like if you look at The Walking Dead or any of those other hectic shows, but people do watch it like it's just nothing. But I feel like almost it can sometimes be an escape for other people that when life is work is really rough, relationships are really rough. It's like let's watch something that's more chaotic than my own life to either help me to forget or to help me to focus on something else potentially. Yeah. But I, I agree with you on the TV. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it for sure. Mm. I actually had an interesting shift with this because I'm such an empath that watch even before I was like awake awake if there was something really violent on a movie like Gladiator for example or if because my brother was really into boxing and UFC and all of that and we used to live together when we were teenagers and if something was on that was really violent it would like trigger me and actually sometimes I'd be physically sick and um yeah it was really 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 powerful and yeah just like no cannot go there 
is I think it's to do with this like empathic thing. And I've, I've had all kinds of like, see, um, what's it called? Uh, EFT tapping and stuff to try and like tap it out because it was quite intense. And then recently I was at a pyramid and I had this download that actually, you know, sometimes like these UFC fighters and people who actively go and do these really quite violent things. And maybe they're actually just like really kind of kinky people. Like they just... (laughs) They just really like getting thrashed and it's actually in some kind of weird way, a way for them to relate to the pain in a kinky way, like pleasure pain. Interesting insights. <laughs> Very interesting view. <laughs> there could be some merit to it. You never know. Okay. So what would you say to someone who is listening to this right now and thinking, I would love to, get much further on this train i'd love to jump on this train i'd love to be on this health journey i'd love to be on this awareness journey like what are five tips you would give to somebody to like exponentially speed them up whereabouts are they on their journey um they are describe the person like who they are their age where they do okay they're 35 Okay. They're in a job that they know isn't their soul work. Yeah. They are their soul is screaming there's another way. Mm-hmm. Them. They mm-hmm. are trying to be healthy, but kind of still drinking at weekends and you know, in a bit of a tug of war with themselves. Mm-hmm. And they have an awareness of self-love, but when they look in the mirror, the voice is not always positive okay. and can thrash them a bit. Okay. So five things? Yeah. Dang. Okay. I was literally writing down notes as you were explaining that. So that would resonate a lot with a lot of people. So if they are 35 and they're in a the job that they know it's not their soul work and something is screaming within them that they have something more to give, first of all, I think it would come, the first step would be, I wrote down number one is travel, but that kind of means taking a step away and taking some time for yourself. Whether mm. that means taking a bit of a holiday, taking a, a weekend or a week or something that you can do, just go and travel and just be with yourself. And that's when I would move into depending if they're not doing this already or not, is move into a meditative practice or a journaling practice where they can get to better know themselves. And that sounds a bit airy-fairy, but having time to just deeply think. I know it sounds very broad, but really thinking about what's important to them. So they think about these things, they feel these things, they visualize these things, and then they write them down. I'm going to sort of keep them as two and three because they're very important. Mm -hmm. And then... Four would just be direct all of like a huge chunk of the attention that they have towards their job, towards overhauling their lifestyle into themselves. Because when they feel, they start working on themselves, they feel like their mental clarity and what they want and how they feel is better. And then they have a better understanding as to which directions they want to go. Meaning they set a completely different standard for who they are, if that makes sense. And then the final one, and this is um, a very important one, would be getting clear on a vision of what they want. 
And that would come with doing all these things and taking that time and writing down. It's like, what would the perfect day look like for me? Like I have a vision that I have recorded and I listen to every single day, the beginning of the day and the end of the day of exactly who I am in health, in love, in purpose, in wealth and in community and home where they get really clear on what that is and just each day setting a little task towards that vision. And I think that is quite a lot of work in the beginning, but that would be certain well on their way, I believe. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Speaking my language. Speaking <laughs> my language. Absolutely love it. Um, so when you say, um, you know, just a follow-up question here, if I may. Please. When you, when you say, um, you know, get to know yourself, sit with yourself, like, direct your energy to yourself what what are a couple of prompts if people are like i want to journal but what am i journaling about <laughs> what what are some, <laughs> what are some jamesy classic prompts right so this isn't specifically for this person but i'll give you an example i asked myself four questions at the end of every day mm. and those four questions go of the following and and from the Reflection on these four, sometimes five, but mainly four, it's helped me to gain more insights into myself and what I'm doing. So the first question that I ask myself is, what good did I do today? The meaning behind that question is asking yourself, what way did I make the world a little bit better than I did yesterday? For Mm -hmm. myself, for someone, for the community, for the world, whether that's thinking a positive thought about someone, whether that's picking up a piece of rubbish at my favorite beach, whether that is like lifting a car off someone in a car accident, some sort of way, it's a very dramatic example. But some way of making the world better. Yeah. Number two, what did I learn today in terms of like what did I learn from a conversation, from a book, from an article, which helps reiterate your learnings because we can digest all this beautiful hours of information if we don't learn and implement things. It doesn't stick. Third one, which is what am I most grateful for about today? And I think a gratitude practice would be an amazing place for this person to start. And I'll tell you why in a second. Then the next one is what am I most excited about about tomorrow? And that helps you get beautifully excited for the day ahead. And the reason that I mentioned gratitude is this person starts writing down things that are really, that they love and that are important to them. Then they'll start to get a bit of an idea as to what direction they might want to head. Because if they start talking about health and family and friends and like, you know what? I love being creative or I love to film video or I love to write poetry. They start to see things that they love. And then leaning into that more, whether it's a hobby or whether it's what they do, who knows? But at least you get more of an understanding as to what's important to you. Does that make sense? Amazing. Amazing. Love those. Love those. But now now I want to know, what good did you do today? (laughs) Uh, I've got a couple of things, but the first thing came to mind Mm -hmm. was I was at my my favourite beach this morning after a coaching call, picked up a piece of rubbish. I always work to pick up a piece of rubbish at the beach before I leave. Um, and then that's one. And then the other one, we were running some workplace wellbeing activities at a business that I've been working with on health of their staff. And we were just running them through some different activities and just leaning into each person and just giving them some quick sort of supportive words of encouragement and really supporting them along the way above and beyond sort of out of the blue to give them a little bit of pep in their step. And like anyone, we do these good things anyway, but if I was to really think about and focus down on these things, those are two things that come to mind. Mm. And what did you digest from today? What good thing did you digest? That is a great question. And I literally had my study notes and I was actually studying about the brain this morning. So I was actually 
reading into the how the brain is made up of four parts. And I was also learning about the different archetypes in Carl Jung and found out that my archetype is the magician, which is very interesting. Mm. So, yeah, those are some of the things that I learned today. And the brain is about 1.5 kilos of fat and protein. Wow. Love that. Hot. Um, <laughs> gratitude. <laughs> Did you, say, did you say hot? <laughs> My <Ellen. laughs> oh, Gratitude. What's your gratitude today? It would be this conversation. Oh. It would be this conversation. It'd be I do write more than one, but it would definitely be this conversation between you and I. It would be the beautiful coaching call that I had with a client today, it would be having a strong, able body, you know, being healthy, being able to go swim in the beach and just sit and look at the waves for like an hour this morning. I was just watching the surface surf and just being like, I've created this life of freedom and abundance and doing what I love. Mm. And putting your hand on your heart a little bit to the left and feeling a beating heart. I think that's all the gratitude that you need. Like, and I always talk about this. Like I used to work in hospitals in non clinical roles a couple of years ago. And I, worked in palliative care for a while. So people who are a few weeks from passing away and emergency and, you know, ICU, everything like that. We never know, touch wood, we never know what's around the corner. So being happy, healthy and wholesome and free is one of the most incredible gifts that we can have. And I just want to portray that, portray that message on this podcast. Mm. Oh, that actually made me feel a little bit emotional right then. There you go. Like, Emotion drives action. Yeah, just, yeah, just we literally never know. And obviously it is a bit of a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason because, yeah, if I just, I was listening to something this morning, it was from Steve Jobs and he was saying, um, if you ask yourself every single day, if this was my last day, am I doing something that I would want to do on my last day? And if the if the answer is no for more than a few days on a run, then you, you're off track, you know? And I was asking myself in the shower, I was like, if this was my last day on earth and I was just I was just casually interviewing James Carson, would would I be mad about it? And I wasn't mad about it. So I'm on track. We're there you go. Me too, I believe. <laughs> We're creating a beautiful podcast of beautiful people to expand from, getting to connect with someone from the internet that in Instagram connected us for some reason, some amazing mm. would you meet a re- reason possibly. And yeah, I was like, not mad about it. I'm not mad here. about it. No, not mad about it at all. It's been a, one, it. a wonderful time. And what are you most excited for for tomorrow? Great question. When I think about my diary, (laughs) (laughs) my blow your own trumpet. That is the moral of this podcast. Blow your own trumpet. No, I'm actually just thinking what things I'm most looking forward to about tomorrow. I think there are many different things. There's lots of work that I that I get to do tomorrow. The main thing Mm -hmm. is an incredible mate that I've just connected with. We only met like a month ago. He's a mate of a mate of us, a schoolmate. He's got beautiful blue eyes like me, and we just connect. We just like a house on fire. We've done a vipassana together. We've done all sorts of different things together. We just connect so well. Him and his partner had a baby. He's been away for like a month, and we're catching up for coffee tomorrow. And I'm just 
pumped to catch up with him because when we talk, hours just fly by. So I'm really excited for that. Mm, that's so amazing. Uh, love that. Thank you for sharing. And um, yeah, I just really love that you gave those points and I really enjoyed asking you them back and seeing how your mind works and like kind of the simplicity of you answering your own questions. It really did it for me. Can I ask him that to you? Yeah. Hit me. So, Gina, what good did you do today? In what way did you make a world a little bit better than it was yesterday? Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, it's only 11 a.m. Should I do yesterday? It could be up until this point. Okay. Let's do today. Okay, let's do today. Um, Okay. Well, when I woke up, I meditated. And in my meditation practice this morning, I was guided to really like use the overflowing love in my heart. And literally, I have been releasing everything in the way of my own personal abundance recently in the, in the last months. And my, my heart is so abundant right now. My inner world is so abundant and my outer world, like everything is just reflecting in abundance. And it's, I really feel like I'm reaping what I've sowed over the last year, years, decades, lifetimes, whatever. And so this morning, my practice was all about, you know, just using that energy and kind of as a transmission, sending it to people that need it more or, you know, in difficult stages, which I was in last year and sending it to them and like kind of feeling that being received. So I guess that's one way. And then after that, I went on my usual walk up to my cow field and I danced my intentions into the earth and barefoot. And yeah, I feel like all that is all raising the, my vibration, which of course I hold space for a, a lot of women in all these different groups. And yeah, all that ripples out to them and they get to kind of either see it through Instagram or they get to feel it through my transmission. So that I guess is my, and then obviously making this podcast because that's for other people to listen to. What did you learn about yourself and or others today or the world or something? And if you were to, if you were to write it down on one line of your, of your journal, what would that mm-hmm. be? Well, yeah, someone sent me that famous, I think it's a famous thing, that Steve Jobs um, speech that I'll put into the show notes. And I was listening to it while I was in the shower And he was talking about how he was adopted and his parents didn't want him. And he ended up with these other parents and he didn't have any money and he went to college and it was all a mess and he dropped out and he ended up just kind of having this lightness and learning about calligraphy. And um, that's how Macintosh ended up with like really gorgeous calligraphy and it probably wouldn't have had that. And I was like, what is he on about? This is random, 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 random. But the way it all tied up was to exactly what you just mirrored back earlier which was around we're only here for a finite time and eventually the old is going to be cleared out but right now we're the new and we have it all and we can you know and I really like yeah I really like got that again so I guess I'm (laughs) digesting 
I'm digesting how we're the new, we're the, we're the thought leaders and eventually we'll be the ancestors. And it's mm. our, you know, we'll be the ones that people are channeling in ayahuasca. <laughs> true that, true that. Yeah. Then that's great. Then thank you. Th- then your moment of gratitude, then what you're most excited about, about tomorrow. Moment of gratitude is for people, oh, 11-11, right now, just saying, for humans in this world, just like you who are on this path, who are doing this work, who are like fully dedicated, committed, showing up, having fun with it, do you know, like in service to yourself and others. Yeah, my gratitude is to to you, James Carson. Yeah, Dan, that's very kind. Um, also to my niece and nephew, because I looked after them last night and just having not seen them for five months and getting to play with kids and just like make things and we made flower crowns and then we hid in the garden and we like played tig and yeah I just freaking love that last one is what are you most excited about about tomorrow what am I most excited well the first thing that's sprung to mind I'll just be completely honest is that I was supposed to be going on a date with someone tomorrow and I have decided not to go and tomorrow's my only free day this week because I've I've hit the ground running from coming back from my travels. So I decided not to go because I felt like it just wasn't like, wasn't it. And now I've got a full free day. So I'm going to create and do things for myself and date myself. So I feel really excited for that. It's great. I was going to ask you if you're in a relationship where you had any kids or anything like that. I'm not in a relationship. I was, I was in a relationship last year and that ended and then i've been doing the whole celibacy thing for most of this year been going really going inwards that's very interesting gosh we're very similar we're very similar maybe not not on the same timelines but similar either either via choice or via not but there was a time where not long ago maybe a couple of years ago where i went 18 months without being intimate with anyone Mm. and and I do this more now, and this is mad overshare, but it's going to be out there. Who cares? I do some work in terms of life force retention or semen retention. Yeah. Where you do do self-pleasure, but you do not expend. And that is not through any sort of, oh, what's the word? It's not so through any sort of celibacy or holding myself back, but that's just to build up this power. There's a lot of power that comes with it. So it's very mm-hmm. interesting that you've had a similar transition yeah 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 i think we're i think we're drinking the same we're drinking the same juice you know <laughs> we're drinking. or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah no i i know about i know about the semen retention thing i think it's yeah. very potent and so healthy like so yeah mm. like the difference between someone who is practicing with that and the difference between you know someone that's not is like night and day oh it's powerful and it's amazing and i'll quickly share like what you can take and channel that and just like how much energy and focus and power you have in training and like oversharing again but i'll do it again every morning when i meditate i meditate for 20 minutes sorry if i'm oversharing you can tell me otherwise no um, honestly i am here for it yeah so I test my life force where I live just with my mind. I'll get a full-blown erection just with my mind. I'll just work on it. I'll visualize different things. And every single morning, two to three times, 
just to be like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we're, we're on fire today. <laughs> so overshare, done. Huh. Love it. Yeah. I'm glad you shared this with us, with me, slash us. <laughs> <laughs> slash the world. It's all good. Top tip, top tip. Uh, anything I'm oversharing is only going to show it's going to help people. So it's all good. I do overshare too much. Sometimes I do do that. It's all good. Me too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's uh, But it's good. It gives people permission. You know, we, we're hmm. removing shame and being more of ourselves, our healthy, aligned selves. Exactly. Mm. Yes. Amazing. So is there anything, any, any follow-up questions or anything else you want to talk about? I have one for you. Yeah. What was the most vulnerable moment for you within the last, let's say, two weeks? Okay. First thing that springs to mind is um, I have a best friend. We've been like best friends for 20 years. She's called Kim. I've just been traveling with her all over. And um we we've always got on just so so well. We we just like we've evolved at kind of like a similar pace. We get involved in different, you know, different things and same things, and we kind of swap codes and we're just like, you know, amazing, amazing friendship. I'm so grateful of it. And also we were traveling together for pretty much three months and a lot of it we were sleeping in the same room even in the same bed and everyone thinks we're lesbians but we're actually not and um it'd be quite a lot easier if we were but we're not so um yeah anyway being in such close proximity and also Kim's like quite an introvert she needs her own space I'm quite extrovert and quite I like fill up with other people around me so it's not as prominent for me but, you know, things were a little grating. And, yeah, so a vulnerable point in time was being like, hey, there's some things that I really want to discuss and I've not wanted to say and just, like, really in a love, in a love sandwich talking about these things that were, like, pissing me off and <laughs> doing my head in and triggering me and, like, grating on me. And, um yeah, it was really vulnerable. I was just, I I felt the release of it and just instantly burst into tears. And um, yeah, it's funny because like she's she's my best friend. Like she wouldn't, she would never disown me for anything. You know, we were just so closely connected and walking this path together. But at the same time, it was, it was vulnerable to like really share that this isn't okay and this is a boundary and this is this. And feel like oh I might be re- might be rejected you know, and I guess it's that rejection wound that a lot of humans carry. Wow, and thank you for sharing. Beautiful. Mm. Great question. Mm-hmm. Same question to you. Ah oh, dang. <laughs> for me, that's vulnerable. Oh yeah. Oh, there's pretty couple actually. The, I suppose the main one for me is like there was a lot of tears and loneliness from me last week. And um, when I, things get really hectic for me, I recluse away. Like I always want to hear and help other people's stuff, but I never want to divulge my stuff on other people. And so I was filming this reel and doing this other work and getting really caught up in my mind right up to the point where anxiety was up here to my throat and up and then eventually just started crying 
and um, didn't really want to burden anyone with it. Eventually, I did speak to some family about it, but it was such a weird bout of anxiety that came out of the blue through a combination of different other things, and I just felt really alone for a while and just sort of sitting in my own tears and just sort of caught a glimpse of my reflection crying. And I was like, wow, I'm going through a bit of a hard time. And then luckily I let myself move through that and then I'm better since. Mm, yeah, catching a reflection of yourself when you're in that spot and being like, wow, that's a version of mm. me that's, yeah, yeah. So did you like... Did you go down with it or were you observing it? Or both? I was observing it for sure. It was it was just blown out of proportion. It was just nothing. It was just like I was working on something. I was working on a, a reel. And sometimes I do the acting things. I get into the it sounds weird, but I get into the character a bit deeply. And um I, I portrayed this character of like this young boy who's neglected by his dad. And it just hit home for a couple of things. Mm. and I was just sort of working through that, and I was like, oh, there's some, there's some stuff there, <laughs> which I always knew. It just, um, was just a little bit of a reminder. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. All the, all the childhood stuff through the reels. <laughs> Last question, because I, mm. I, I do and don't want to keep you all day, but what's on your vision board? Ooh. I have it in front of me. But my, I'm in my office and I'm looking at it. So my vision board isn't something, you know, people cut photos out of different things. So I've got two things. I've, I like to draw. So I draw pictures mm-hmm. of my vision and I also create mind movies where I have like videos that I've edited of what it looks like. But right here on my vision board is the home and space that I'm creating. Um, and it's basically a drawing that I've done of this beautiful balcony over a hinterland with a beautiful view of the ocean, buildings off into the distance and the sun rising. And I'm there with my beautiful soulmate. And I know the space that I have is a, is a healing center of excellence called the Sovereign Soul, a place where people can go to heal and evolve and be their best self. But it's also a safe and beautiful space for myself and my family and for me to grow and evolve and to be the best version of me. So that's on my vision board. Mm, love that love it love it love it love it love it love it amazing mm. hey james it's been an absolute honor and delight that i'm breaking all my screen time boundaries here i've gone way past my bedtime here <laughs> but it's okay sorry it's amazing. sorry that's my fault for just banging on um yeah thank you so much for your time and energy and and yeah i love i love the mission that's running through you it's very evident it's very powerful and yeah, thanks for being so open. You did say you were going to be open, and there you go. Boom. Next thing, SEMA retention. Banging, <laughs> yeah. Banging the shit yeah. out of people, all the things. Wow. Yeah. I was mindful of my vulnerability thing. If it was just you and I, uh, and not that I'm saying that you think you're going to throw anything out there, but, like, for whatever happens, yeah. something would come out. Anyone listening would know what I'm talking about, and I'm mindful of them. So if it's just me making fun of me, I'd be like, yeah, here it is, because there's other people involved. I have to be mindful of that. Totally, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for looking after yourself and others. Yeah, mm, thank you. amazing. Thank you. Okay, James. Well, thank you so, so much. I appreciate you. I really enjoyed this, and I'm so sorry I kept you longer than your bedtime. It's quite right. quant- it's very well, quant- very well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. See you later. Bye, Gina. Thank you again. See you. Bye. Bye.
If you've loved this podcast, if you have taken anything away, then do everybody a favor and please share it. Leave a five-star review. This will help us to get noticed, to get seen and for more of the right people to hear it. 